Pastor Lamont back. He was out sick last week. Welcome back again. Amen. Amen. He's pushing on through Sunday and Monday and now with us tonight. We bless God for him and for his ministry. Amen. Job chapter 42. If you have your Bibles open, turn with us there. I'm reading tonight from the Message Bible. And I want to start down at verse 7. Verse 7 from the Message Bible, Job 42. If you're able, would you stand with us in reverence to the Word of God? After God had finished addressing Job, he turned to Eliphaz the Tenemite and said, I've had it with you and your two friends. I'm fed up. You haven't been honest either with me or about me, not the way my friend Job has. So here's what you must do. Take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my friend Job. Sacrifice a burnt offering on your own behalf. My friend Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer. He will ask me not to treat you as you deserve for talking nonsense about me and for not being honest with me as he has. They did it. Eliphaz, the Tenonite, Bildad, and Shuhite, the Shuhite and Zophar, the Nathlamite, did what God commanded, and God accepted Job's prayer. After Job had interceded for his friends, God restored his fortune and then doubled it. All his brothers and sisters and friends came to his house and celebrated. They told him how sorry they were and consoled him for all the trouble God had bought him. Each of them brought generous housewarming gifts. The word of God for the people of God, someone say thanks be to God. You may take your seats. I want to talk tonight for the next few moments from the theme, what does it mean to receive a double portion? What does it mean to receive a double portion? What does it mean to receive a double portion? Interestingly enough, as we have uh, looked at this year as a year of uh, double manifestation, I want to, in some settings and some of these Tuesday nights, continue the dialogue that we began on Sunday mornings by adding information that couldn't be put into the time frame of a regular worship experience. So that's what I want to do a little tonight. What does it mean to have a double portion? It's interesting that on last Sunday, as we were discussing it, Elisha prays and asks Elijah that when you're taken away from me, give me a double portion of your spirit. I want double portion of your spirit. It's interesting that he would make that request because he's not making the request directly to God. He's making it to Elijah. And he's asking Elijah to give him, when he departs, something that really, in some ways, are not in Elijah's purview to give unless God wants him to have it. Because what he has, God gave to him. And what Elijah is supposed to have, God has already assigned it to him. But when he makes his request, if you notice, Elijah doesn't turn him down. Instead, he gives him a duty, gives him an obligation, said, this is what you do. If you do this, then God will do that. If you do this, this will take place. 
In other words, his request was not out of order. What he was seeking from God was not out of order. What he desired was not out of order. God did not look at that request as something that he shouldn't ask for or something he shouldn't aspire to. I know sometimes people think that there are certain levels you're supposed to stay on. You heard too many times, stay in your lane. You, even when you were younger, as you were growing up, sometimes when we were really trying to help our children not to be too bossy, not to say too much, we, we try to tell them all kind of little quaint statements like children are to be seen and not heard. And, you know. But sometimes what we need to realize is that we can be a part of the suppressing of something that may be in someone that needs to be lifted and worked through and pushed forward. And what we have to come to agreement on is that there are times when you can stretch for something else that God has for you. You can stretch for something else that may even be beyond what was your original assignment. And there's nothing wrong with stretching beyond your original assignment. You have to remember now, if we go back again to Elisha, Elisha is called of God. First Kings 19, he's called of God before he knows he's called of God. He's given an assignment before he knows he's got to receive an assignment. He's told about what he's going to do within the assignment and the power that he'll function in in his assignment. And it's the power of life and death. And even though he has an assignment and has a power reserve already assigned to the assignment, he wants something more than what has been assigned to his life. Y'all missed it? Come on back. I'm trying to teach you something. What he says is, I know the rule. I know the law. I know what God can do. And I know that there's a blessing that I can receive, and I want what God has in the fullness. Sometimes I think that you almost, some of us are almost afraid to be blessed. Have you ever, have you ever, yeah, you know, there have been times in your life when you've backed away from things that God has for you. You've backed away from blessings that God had intended for you to have. Sometimes you almost get scared when something is too good. I remember one time, Mother Daly, some of you don't remember, she's gone on to be with the Lord now many years. Mother, Mother Daly was talking with me, and she was talking about how God was blessing her, and she was walking in those dynamic blessings. And, and at, at one point, it almost started to scare her as to what God was doing, because, see, sometimes God can do stuff that is beyond the scope of your own thinking about what God can do. Now, I said all that to say this to you that don't ask God in this season and don't look for God to do in this season what you don't want to happen. Because if you ask God to bless you in the double, then don't be mystified when God gives you more than you can handle. Because God wants to bless you. He, Jesus put it this way, ask and it shall be what? Seek and you shall do what? Fine. Knock and the door be what? Open. To everyone that asketh, you receive. You, you're not going to get what you're not asking for in certain cases. You get just what is there. But if you seek and ask for more, there is a plus ultra. Plus ultra is simply the Latin for more beyond. 
There's more than what you know. God can do the more. Now, now what I want to discuss with you tonight is, is what does this mean when, he, when he's seeking the double portion? He wants a double. Here, here in this text, Job receives what was owed to him, and then God doubled it. I was, uh, I was thinking about this because it's important to recognize that if, um, just say for instance, if you lost 50,000 five years ago, and you get 50,000 back this year, well, you're not even just because you got 50,000 back. The truth of the matter is, you lost everything you could have done with the 50,000, including investing it. Because if you had invested the 50,000 five years ago, depending on what you invested in, it could be 60 or 70,000. Well, let me do it like this. If you had bought $50,000 in Amazon stock, right now you'd be sitting pretty. What you have to recognize is that when God doubled it, it was because in order to put him back to where he would have been and was going to be, God needed to increase that which he had so that God set the record straight. So sometimes the increase is not simply there just so that you're back level. No, you have to be above level because you would have been above level if you had kept what was lost. Three things I want to offer you tonight that are interesting to us that come out of this question of the double. Now, let me get this to you because I'm trying to teach you something on a different, different plane. Understand this. When you read the Bible and you see a phrase come up over and over again, then you want to ask yourself, what does that phrase mean and why is it repeated? So if the phrase is there, in this case, double portion, or he gave them twice as much, you want to know what does it relate to, where does it come from, and is there something that with the history of that that God is trying to teach me going forward that I can rely on as an indication of what God will do? Because see, what he's already done, he can do again. And they all, automatically it tells you, here's, here's the word you, you've been hearing lately, precedence. He set precedent by doing it there. So God, since you, since you did it there, I know you can do it now. Are you following so that's why I want to follow the trace on these things. So the first thing I want you to get out of this is to understand this. The word double, this, this whole idea of double portion, this comes as, number one, a recognition of position. A recognition of position. Now, there are a lot of ways position gets recognized. Because when Melchizedek comes up on, on Abraham, on, on Father Abraham, what does he do? Anybody know? What does he do? Huh? What does he do? He comes up, he sees the man of God, and he gives him what? A tithe. He gives him of his substance, he tithes into the man of God so that he can carry the blessing because God wants to honor his position. 
So there are a lot of ways that God will do it. But one of the things that you have to know is that the recognition of position was first taught in Deuteronomy. So if you get your Bible, Deuteronomy 21. Deuteronomy 21, beginning at verse 15. Now, this is an interesting text because this text, I would say, is a text where the law or the lesson that is to be adhered to is taught in negation or taught negatively. So the law that's being taught, that's being ascribed to that they are to keep up with, is being taught negatively because what he's doing is he's dealing, the text is dealing with issues that come up related to second wives. And so a principle is taught here that Jewish people have already and were already acknowledging and living by. So let's look at the principle. Verse 15, if a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved, and they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved. And if the firstborn son is of the her who is unloved, then it, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his sons that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. The principle is taught this way, that the double portion still went to the firstborn. No matter what, your, what the relationship was between the father and the mother, the double portion, the right of the firstborn, the right of inheritance, the right of that child having preference was still there no matter what took place. Now that's interesting because all you got to do is go back and look at what happens with, with Esau. And you look at those texts there, you say, ooh, okay. All you got to do is go back and see what happens in some of these other passages as to who comes out because a part of what, what also can happen is this. The firstborn has a right to give up their status. You can, you can let go of your position because the preference of the double went with the position. So if someone decides that they'd rather have a bowl of porridge than to have their firstborn place. They can give up their place and therefore give up their preference and therefore negate their favor in order to get something of a lesser value. Watch this, I wanna help you real quick. You have to be careful about the treasure you have because though it may not be visible currently, doesn't mean that it doesn't have a powerful impact. You have to be careful, and some people don't, don't really relate to this in the same way, so let me see if I can put it like this. Sometimes you and I can forfeit blessings for foolishness. We can forfeit 
what God has intended for our life because we're not paying attention. The blessing that God has for me, once God has put it in my life and has given that preference to me and that position is in me, the only one that can mess that up is me. The devil can't take it. He's got to get me to give it. You, you know, you know the, the greatest power on earth is not God. Just, some of y'all just shuddered when I said that. No, because God will never do what you do not want God to do. God will honor your will, which makes the surrender of your will the greatest power on earth. Because as you submit your will to God, God's going to work in your life. So sometimes the only one holding up your blessing is you. Can you imagine God hovering over you? I got that blessing for you. I got that blessing. All I need you to do is, is surrender. I got that blessing. All I need you to let go. I got that blessing. All you, got need, all you need to do now is to release. And you're so busy doing your thing, making your decision, that you keep denying God's blessing because you won't surrender yourself. What's the last thing Jesus had to do? The one thing God wasn't going to take from him. The last thing he had to give up. See, it's not giving up the ghost at Calvary. It's surrendering his will at Gethsemane. The whole issue of Gethsemane comes down to not my will, but thy will be done. And a whole lot of us don't realize that we've got that power. Stay with me in the text again. The first thing you got to recognize about the double portion, it came as a result of a recognition of position. Position is an accident of birth in this case. <clears throat> Who came out first? The reality is the reality. He came out first, and so I don't care what you think about these other people. Here's the rule. Here's the law. Here's the recognition that has to be given. And so the first lesson that we get from here is that it is a recognition of position. But, but then the Bible uses this same rule of double portion as a recognition of pain. And here's the one that you and I ought to get really excited about because the recognition of pain says a whole lot to us. Because there are times when God will bless us because he knows we're going through so much that he wants to bless us to keep us going. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm grabbing this story, if you will. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Most of you Bible scholars in here, you know exactly where I'm going with this. 1 Samuel 1. Now, there was a certain man in Rathim Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Joram the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, the son of an Ephraimite. 
and he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other was Peniah. Peniah had, no ch had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice, sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Shiloh's a bad place. In Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Panana, his, his wife, and to his sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a what? Double portion. Wait a minute. He give a what? A double portion. For he loved her, Anna, although the Lord had closed her wound, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her wound. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that, he, that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. No, notice that the double portion was given in recognition of her pain. I know you're going through something. I know you feel bad. I know life is not what you want it to be. So I want you to know that that doesn't change how I feel about you. I know that most men might just think that you're, you're, you're not what you should because you can't give me a child, a son. No, no, no. In my mind, I love you. And I want to pacify, placate, assuage your pain and acknowledge who you are to me by giving you a double portion because I want you to realize your place in my life and how important you are to me. Now, now on the surface, that may not jump out at you, but you have to wonder if, if he's not modeling for us some of what God does in our lives sometimes. Have you ever been going through a whole lot and still had those seasons where you had great joy in the midst of it? You going through a whole lot and still had those seasons where you could just laugh like you had no problems at all? You're going through a whole lot and all of a sudden something would just break for you and for a moment at least you would have a break from everything else as though joy just overwhelmed sorrow? There's some kind of way that God, I've, I've seen the best shouting out of folk that were going through the most. I've seen God move on people. I've seen preachers preach their best sermon when they were at their lowest point. Because there's something about how God will bless us in the middle of our pain with even a greater anointing and a greater blessing than we normally would have functioned in because God recognizes the pain that we're dealing with and he takes that moment to lift us above the pain as a reminder. Well, what kind of reminder of that? It's a reminder of hope. It's a reminder of God's presence. It's a reminder that even though you're in the desert, I'm still giving you water in dry places. It's a reminder that even though you may not have the fruit you want, I'll give you fruit you can handle. 
in the midst of it all, God has a way of shining his love upon us so that while we are being afflicted, the affliction does not have the power to completely overwhelm us. Let me tell you something. If God did not bless you in your affliction, you would not be able to handle all the enemy has tried to put on you. Because in your affliction, God has always found a way to help you keep your head above water even when you just knew you were about to drown. And God knows how to find something to put into our lives so that we're able to deal with. Well, what, what, what is she dealing with? She's not only dealing with what, what she perceives as a closed womb, but she's dealing with someone who keeps making an open womb. She got somebody talking about her. She got someone, the scripture uses the word provoking her. Now, I don't know what she was saying. You know, kids can be cruel because they say things that are real mean. I don't know what she, she was saying. Because adults can be even more cruel. Because while kids will say stuff that are mean, adults will say things to each other that go right to the heart of your real sore point. You know, they, they, know, they know where it really hurts. You know, you, you know somebody just talk about, ah, oh, you ugly, okay, whatever. But they also know you got a crooked left toe. They say, oh, yeah, you and that crooked left toe going to the wrong direction. Can't even wear sandals. I mean, they're just trying to hurt you deep now. People, people that, the ones that are close to you, don't let them have a little bit of your business. Because, man, they'll put, they'll put it right on front street. And they were, that, that girl was just tearing her new one every chance she got. And the only thing that Elkanah could think to do was to bless her. Watch this. When he was blessing everyone else, when he was blessing the other provoker, when he was blessing her children, he right in front of them blessed her double y'all missed it went over your head see you the the, the double portion I, I remember um hopefully my wife won't be mad when I say this I remember one time the best stories are personal one time I I, I, I bought flowers for my wife and I bought them to the house and all that, you know, I'm trying to be nice, what have you. I don't know. It, this is the time when flower buying time, so maybe that's why it's on my mind. Because I don't want to be late and miss out on the... I bombed the house, and she looked at him. That's cute. That's nice. I couldn't figure out what I did wrong. Now, I didn't do anything wrong. When it come down to it. But them flowers could have been a little plant with one nub 
and a pedal on it. If I had brought them up here and gave them in front of folk, oh, y'all missed it. Because you want folk to know. Y'all missed it. I, it went over your head. Every now and then, every woman in here, you know what I'm talking about. You don't simply want your man to tell you I love you in private, but every now and then he needs to make a public demonstration Don't be trying to sneak no kiss on me in the, in the cut. Walking down the street, you won't even hold my hand. Wearing your shades because so, you're looking everywhere but at me. Oh, I'm trying to help you men out there. Y'all better listen to me. Now, I'm going to help y'all out. Y'all really want to be smart for Valentine's Day? Send the flowers to the child. See, see, Sister Medina, I thank you so much for being honest. Deaconess Medina over there just did a little jig and I said, yes. You preaching now. She said, you could drop the mic now. He said, all right. <laughs> no, no. Why? Because it ought to be what? Public. Right in front of everybody else. All right, y'all. Y'all got yours. You got yours. You got yours. No, 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 no. No, no. That's one. Give me, give me more. This is my girl right here. Give me more. Yes. Double portion right here. I want everybody to see it. Now, now don't y'all think that, that, that the other girl was just upset to be upset. She was mad because she said, why are you getting all that? I'm trying to help y'all today. God has a way, watch this, of blessing you visibly so that even though you're in pain, you can yet have pleasure in the midst of the pain so that the pain takes a pause. And many times what God will do is find a way to honor you. Okay, okay, okay. So, so the second thing is, it was recognition of her pain. I, 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 could, I, could, have, I could have used it and called it recognition of his passion, but I was trying to be nice. You know, some of these preachers over here, they be there. They they don't want to say anything. I can't even get an amen out of them. They just <laughs> last one, last one, last one, last one, last one. I'm going. I got to get this one out. Okay. The third way in which it's used. Now, remember now, there, there, are, there are a few of these in the Bible, so this is not all of them. I'm just going through a few of them tonight. I keep going through them so you can kind of see these, what's happening. It's, it's, it's also used as a recognition of prosperity. Prosperity. Um, Minister Lamont, do you remember that song, When the Battle is Over? When the battle is over, we shall win. Oh, oh, when the 
the back. In the new Jerusalem. Okay, I just. <laughs> okay, go with me now to Isaiah 61. Now, Isaiah 61 is an important passage because this is the passage that Jesus reads in Luke 4. So, I'm not going to do it tonight, but let me just give you a hint. Jesus is the firstborn of the Father. He is the second Adam, firstborn. And he wants to share. Okay, y'all come on here. Luke, this is, uh, this is uh, Isaiah 61, beginning of verse 1. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what Jesus read. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. Look at somebody say, neighbor. I'm about to get it. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And I want y'all to say this last one. It's up the neighbor and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. Let me, let me go. I'll, I'll keep reading. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, that they may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many, of many, nation, of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Oh, thank you, Lord. Instead of your confusion, they shall rejoice in their, their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Whew. Now, now, this is a post-exilic message to the children of Israel who had been in captivity. And, and what God was speaking to them is, now that you're coming out of your captivity, the prophetic word is you're coming out. And the prophetic word is not only are you coming out of captivity, but you're going to come out totally victorious. That when this is over, that a part of your victory is going to be your prosperity. And he begins to list the prosperous ways that God's going to bless them. He says, look, I'm, God's going to bless you emotionally. God's going to bless you physically. And God's going to bless you spiritually. 
How do you get that reference? He says, I'm going to give you beauty for ashes. He says, I'm going to give you what? He says, I'm going to bless you in such a way, the oil of joy for mourning. Those are related to what I go through emotionally. He says, I'm getting ready to cause prosperity in your spirit so that what you've been going through will get turned upside down. That as bad as you felt at your low, you will feel just that good at your next high. Y'all missed it? This, this good stuff right here. As bad as you felt when you were down, I'll let you feel raised up. I'm getting ready to raise you back up. Matter of fact, I'm going to raise you up high enough that your spirit is going to be lifted and the heaviness that you were carrying is going to go away because I'm giving you a garment of praise. That the heaviness, I don't know about you, if you've ever been so upset that you felt like you were carrying a weight. You, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been so upset, so wounded, felt like you were carrying a burden on your shoulder. And here's the word of the Lord here saying, look, I'm getting ready to lift heaviness from you. And instead of carrying heaviness, you'll walk in the lightness of worship. You walk in the lightness of praise. He says, look, you're going to be so blessed that when folk look at you, they're going to know that God did it for you. And not only has God did it for you, but God is going to allow you to go back in and you will rebuild everything that the enemy tried to tear up. He says, we're going to go back and take over that which the enemy, and here's the, the desolations of many generations. He says, this wasn't a short-term issue. This was a long-term problem, and long-term problems have long-term consequences. He said, even though they may seem to be long consequences and long trials, and it may seem like you're never going to get out of it, I'm going to reverse everything that has gone on. So much so, I'm lifting generational curses. Y'all ain't got that. Oh, good God Almighty. You don't even know what I'm... He says, I'm going to take generational curses away. I'm getting ready to bless you so much that the generations to come are going to be blessed and the ruined cities are going to turn up. He said, matter of fact, I'm going to bless you so much that you're not going to have to just work for yourself. I'm going to have you put some people working for you. Y'all didn't get that. Somebody sitting in here with a business idea incubating in your spirit. 2020 is going to be your year to begin to see these things come to pass. New businesses developing, businesses broken, breaking up and coming out of old things. God's getting ready to do something fresh and new. You're going to see it happen. It's getting ready. He says, I'll have you in a position where they'll be working for you. You won't just be working for them. They'll be working for you. He said, he says, if you didn't get that, he said, then when they look at you, he said, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, there goes a child of God. There goes a priest of the Lord. There goes a servant of God. Y'all missed it. He said, I'm getting ready to make you listen. New Testament theology right here. He said, behold, you are a chosen generation. You're a peculiar people. You're a royal priesthood. He said, I'm going to let the world see your chosenness. 
I'm going to let the world see your peculiarness. I'm going to let the world see your priesthoodness. They didn't know who you were before, but they're going to know who you are now. They were looking at you before thinking you were nobody. They were looking at you before thinking that you didn't have nothing going on. But I'm getting ready to let them see you just like you really are. They're going to see the prosperity of the Lord upon you and recognize the priesthood inside of your spirit. They're going to see the anointing on your life like they've never seen it before. They thought they knew you. They don't know you yet because they ain't seen what God has already done in you and what God has put on you. And everywhere there was shame attached to it. Everywhere there was shame attached to it. God said, don't you worry about shame. Look at somebody tell them, God's getting ready to give you double honor. Double honor, double honor, double honor. I don't care what they said about you. I don't even care if it was true or not. God said, I'm lifting shame off of you and I'm replacing it with double honor, double honor, double honor, double honor, double honor, double honor. Just tell somebody, say, neighbor, with my honor comes joy, everlasting joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Double honor, a double portion, a double portion, double honor. Thank you, Lord. Double prosperity, double prosperity. Double joy, double peace, double happiness, double life, double everything the enemy tried to do. It's over now. It's my time now. The blessing of the Lord is yea and amen. Double honor. Somebody give him a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2020, double manifestation.